You are now listening to The Real Enneagram, a podcast by the Institute for Conscious Being. To learn more about the Institute and its offerings, visit theicb.info. That's T-H-E-I-C-B dot I-N-F-O. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. Joe Howell and Nanette Moodyum. Well, welcome back to the ICB's podcast, The Real Enneagram. We're here today for episode two of our series, Becoming Conscious, written by Dr. Joseph Howell, who I'm here with today. Hello, Nanette. Nice to be here with you, Dr. Joe. I'm very glad to be here. I'm excited about what we might come up on today. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk about. uh, We'll be covering Chapter 2 and 3 of our book today. And in Chapter 2, it starts with a beautiful prayer called A Gathering Prayer. It's actually on page 15 of the book. And if I can, I will go ahead and read it, Joe, and then I'll ask you a little bit about this prayer. Sure. Give me a candle of the Spirit, O God as I go down into the deep of my own being. Show me the hidden things. Take me down to the spring of my life and tell me my nature and my name. Give me freedom to grow so that I may become my true self, the fulfillment of the seed which you planted in me at my making. Out of the deep I cry unto thee, O God. Amen. Now, Joe, I know this prayer means a lot to you because we use this prayer in our intensives at the Institute for Conscious Beings three times a year meeting that we have. And we pray this in each one of our sessions. And it's a very deep and meaningful prayer. And I just wanted to know why you put it in this book, why it meant so much to you out of all the beautiful prayers written in the world that you felt this one needed to be put here and why we pray it regularly in our sessions. I think it, Nanette, is an encapsulation of consciousness, faith, and the appeal to the divine. Mm -hmm. All three of those things. And That is the work of the Institute for Conscious Being. We teach consciousness mainly through the spiritual tool of the Enneagram. And if you look at the first line of the prayer, it says, Give me a candle of the Spirit, O God, as I go down into the deep of my own being. Well, to me, if you could reduce that sentence, it would be, Give me the consciousness to know who I really am. Mm. But his words, George Appleton, Mm -hmm. the author, are far more beautiful than my distillation. But when we go to the next paragraph or sentence, show me the hidden things, take me down to the spring of my life, and tell me my nature and my name. That gets more particular about what is it about myself that I do not know? And what is it about life that I do not know? What is it that you, O God, may shed light on that will help me come into the fullness of my own being? 
I love the phrase, down to the spring of my life. That would be the core within us, Mm -hmm. the beginning of who we are. And in the Institute, one of the things that is huge that we teach is that we spring from our soul. Mm -hmm. We don't spring from our body. We don't spring from our personality. We don't come from any other source than our soul. And we spend the first few years of our life only primarily in our soul. And we call that the soul child. So when we want to look at the hidden things, we want to go down to our purpose, the reason why we were created, the reason why we live, our soul's raison d'etre, so to speak. And when it says, tell me my nature and my name, it's the whole idea of self-remembering, which is a phrase that, for want of a better word, a founder of the Enneagram in the West, George Ivanovich Gurdjieff, he made that, coined that phrase, self-remembering, because he knew that in the Enneagram and in the work to find our own spiritual selves, we don't make up who we want to be. We go back to the beginning to find out who we always were. We then remember that primary spiritual identity of ours, that in the world and in our egos and in our roles, we tend to forget it. Mm -hmm. So it's called our true nature. Tell me my nature, my true nature, Mm -hmm. and tell me my name. Many people, when they go study with a guru in India or whatever, they're given a spiritual name. Mm -hmm. which takes precedence over their given name. Now, I realize we all like our given names, and we don't have to change our name to a name that a teacher gives us. But I love the spirit of the word because my personality's name is not what my true name is. My true name is my soul's name. And however we come to what that name is, it's a very personal thing between ourselves and and God. And the Enneagram helps us go through the steps to self-remember. It takes us back to the spring of our lives. It takes us to the soul point on the Enneagram which is where we began our lives. So the other part of this beautiful prayer is give me the freedom to grow so that I may become my true self. That's pretty wonderful. The petition to the God of the universe or the creator of everything or the divine, a petition to the divine for freedom to not be trapped in our ego, in its traps, in its avoidances, 
in its passions, in its ways of moving in the world uh, that we've become fixated on. And when we aren't fixated, we're free. When we are fixated, we are prisoners to that fixation. So I love mm-hmm. how that speaks to that. And, of course, becoming my true self, which is our true nature, to return to that true nature and live out of that rather than the ego's narrative of who we are or who we should be. And then it says our true self, which is the fulfillment of the seed which you placed in me at my making. I believe that this part of this beautiful prayer is a reference to the soul coming to earth, joining the body, being placed in the body, and having in it a seed. Like, you know, you can look at an acorn. That's a seed. And an acorn is going, if given the right freedom and the right watering and nurturance, it's going to become an oak tree. It's not going to become a pine tree. Mm -hmm. And it's going to become the exact type of oak that that acorn has the plans for inside of it, inside of the the cellular structure of that plant. Mm -hmm. And we are like that. It's that seed of our soul was planted in us at our making, and it's supposed to grow, Mm -hmm. progress, Mm -hmm. according to the divine plan that it holds when it was placed in our body. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an absolutely beautiful concept that this prayer brings out. And the ending line is, Out of the deep I cry unto thee, O God. Well, to me, that changes this prayer into a plea. It's not just a petition. It is more than a petition. It's a plea. From the soul, out of the deep, I cry unto thee, O God. And implicit, I cry this prayer out to you, O God. Mm -hmm. That means it comes from our depths. Mm -hmm. One of my teachers, Sandra Maitre, author of Spiritual Dimension of the Enneagram, is uh, always referring to our depths, that we are not superficial. We are not thin. We are multilayered. And that the true spiritual identity comes from the deepest and sometimes darkest parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm. If we cry out to God from there, we're crying out and we're pleading for this prayer to be answered, for that candle of consciousness to look at the hidden things, to self-remember, to have freedom, to know our real name, we are crying from our soul. Mm-hmm. It really is a journey of uh, a spiritual journey that the seeker begins 
when we start to look at the Enneagram, right? Because yes. that it's, it's obviously it's in the chapter on the types yes. and it is the journey that we're making to discover ourselves. Right. And we, we know that when we do this work of the Enneagram, that we will find our soul type. That's really what the beautiful part of studying with the Institute has been. I know for me personally, but for other students as well. But we have to start the journey with the type. We normally start the right. journey with the type. We, we, we self remember and that begins with an ego type normally, um, right. which is, I assume, why you put it in this chapter. Yeah. And so can you talk to us a little bit about how we begin to identify our type for someone who maybe is new to the Enneagram or someone who just can't seem to figure out who they are? So there are many different ways, mm -hmm. tests and conferences and books. And so how do you suggest somebody find their type? I think the best way is to speak with a group of people from each type. Mm. We do this in our conferences for the Institute for Conscious Being. And these are introductory conferences that are given three to four times a year in various regions of uh, the country. And uh, th th by the way, our Conferences are on our website, theicb.org, if anybody is interested in personally attending. What we do is we have trained leaders at nine different tables, and people go to the table of the number of the type that they may be interested in after having read and listened to the present lectures on, on each type. Mm -hmm. And when you are in a room full of people who are identifying or think they identify with just one of those types, that room takes on that type's energy. I'll never forget when I first looked at my own type. I was in Cleveland, Ohio at the Jesuit retreat house. And Patrick O'Leary, Maria Beezing, founders of the International Enneagram Association, two of the original founders, were teaching me and about, oh, 50 odd other people the Enneagram for a week. And they asked us to go to nine different rooms and search for our type. And in these rooms were leaders that had been trained and also people who thought that they may be that type. Well, I walked to the first room that I was intrigued with, and I I really enjoyed what they had to say, but even though I had hoped that I was that type, I was not. I was just a <laughs> wannabe. And then I went to another type that was a little more, you know, probably I was interested in that for other other reasons and it didn't do me it didn't make me feel like i was with kindred spirits at all because when we were sent down the hall to these different rooms our teacher said when you walk into the room you'll feel like you're uh, with your family around the kitchen table and so i thought well 
I'm not going to, I'm not going to find my type this way. And I distinctly remember I was about to go upstairs in the retreat house to, to my room. And halfway up the stairs, I came back down and I thought, well, I'm not going to waste this. There's another type that I'm very interested in, not because I think I'm it, but because I just have to hear what they have to say for themselves. <laughs> I didn't like that type. Mm. <laughs> I walked in and I found my family. Mm. A lot of people do not like their ego type. Mm -hmm. A lot of different reasons for that. Sure. There's a lot of shame mm -hmm. when we find out the hidden agendas of our ego type, what we're afraid of, what we're trying to avoid, mm -hmm. the messy things that it causes for our life when it, it it runs us amok. Mm -hmm. And there are some wonderful things as well. But I never will forget sitting in the room and the atmosphere was so different from the other two rooms. Well, all the three rooms were very different in atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And I think that the rooms take on the vibration of the heart and soul and minds and bodies of of the people who are there together. Mm -hmm. And the more I was with the people in that room, the the more um, uh, kindred spirit mm -hmm. I felt with them. Mm -hmm. uh, I was, yes, very ashamed that I had been found out <laughs> by other people and by myself, but I was also relieved and it was very heartening to know that other people have had some of the same similar thoughts that I have had and have approached life in the very same way I have. Uh, and, and I didn't realize, I thought I was the only one mm -hmm. who kind of felt that way. Yeah. <clears throat> so, it was freeing okay. to know I'm not the only one. And it gave me hope that in Enneagram studies, I can do what needs to be done to grow out of the difficulties of that type. So can you speak um, to labeling somebody else's Enneagram type? You know, we encourage people to self-identify. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of Enneagram experts do typing, and I'm sure they're very good. But there's one truth that everybody has to acknowledge, and that is only the person themselves knows truly their own true motivation for any behavior, any thought, or any circumstance they, they have. And those are intensely private motivations, mm -hmm. uh, motivations that sometimes we do not share with anybody, even people of our own type, because it it is so intensely personal. Mm -hmm. And it's not meant to be published. So when somebody types another person, they can't really know that all the deep personal motivations of another human being mm -hmm. or the tricks that other people 
have in uh, hiding their true type that are unconscious tricks. Mm -hmm. Answers they give that may not be accurate to a person who's the questioner simply because they don't want to be known Mm -hmm. by somebody. But in the privacy of one's own work and their own study and in visiting different groups, like I said, of people of the various types, Mm -hmm. they can come to know themselves in no uncertain terms. Mm -hmm. That's my preferred way of typing or of finding our type, which means that it's really not good Enneagram etiquette, I should say, Okay. to assume the type of somebody else mm-hmm. or to label them or in conversation to say about someone, oh, you know, Jack, he is uh, an A, you better be careful around him, blah, 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 blah. Because, you know, Jack may not be an A. Mm-hmm. And people studying the Enneagram attach a lot of different attributes to eight that that might not be Jack's attribute. Yes. Uh, he may be Jack put in a box and treated as somebody who he's not. Mm-hmm. Enneagram isn't about projecting onto other people. It's about self-inquiry mm-hmm. and asking other people uh, who they have found out themselves to be. Mm-hmm. And then discussing that. Mm-hmm. And there's room to for deeper understanding. There's room for us to do the work. So we had a student with the Institute for Conscious Being that realized over time that she was not the type that she had originally identified with. And we believe in spiritual um, work and in, in development, spiritual growth and development, that you may discover that you're you're not who you thought you were. There's room for people to change their mind. To And if, if someone feels like that they are not a certain label, then we are certainly not going to tell them that that's not true. Of course, it's it's like you said, it's very personal work. Yes. And just to know that there are a lot of points around that Enneagram yes. clock, yes. call it, yes. pointed clock, that who we are very, very related to. For many different reasons. For many different reasons. Mm -hmm. For example, we're related to our soul point, which we will get into later. And that's our deepest identification. But until we self-remember, we don't identify with it. And then we identify with our stress point because that's the point that our ego goes to to become more like thinking that will enhance the ego when in actuality that's the ego's um, undoing. Mm -hmm. There are wings which mean that on either side of our type there are two other types which are very, very similar to how we think and feel. Mm -hmm. And then just to mention this, In each of the three centers, there is one specific type that we tend to identify with. So in whatever center we feel our type is, in the other two centers of intelligence, there is one other type 
that we also identify with very closely. Either in the heart, the gut, or the mind center. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we will talk more probably about mm-hmm. the centers in future podcasts, but okay. the centers really can be a hint to us too of our own type, right? right. Um, if, if you have a strong emotion of control mm-hmm. or anger, you, you might find yourself a body type and right. that might be a way to identify. Or if you really struggle with anxiety or fear, you might find yourself in the mind center. And, and, yep. and if you struggle with shame or real fixation on relationships, you might find yourself in the heart center. So those are other ways. Test can also be hints as well. And and we do, we have a test in our book and we encourage people to take it. We also encourage them to take it um, in, in, in what we would call the height of most people's ego in their own development, which is maybe a 20 or 30 year old, uh, especially if you've done some work that makes it a little bit sometimes skewing to be able to identify your ego. Mm-hmm. You have any words to say, uh, a comment about that, Joe? The tests really are remarkably good. Okay. Um, but there again, it is according to the test taker's answer. Uh-huh. And the the answers may vary. We've had people take ICD's tests and come out with different scores at different times. Mm-hmm. I've heard that said about other tests online as well. Mm-hmm. The tests, although, are good compasses. They're, they point to magnetic points for us around that compass of the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. We have a test online on our website, theicb.org, and you can get your results right then and there. So, suffice it to say that even though a test result may not, in fact, be your type, it may point even to the center of intelligence that your type may be in, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or it may point to another ego identification point that you have on that, on the Enneagram. I believe that finding the type is important. Because without it, you cannot really go to your soul point. That's why you've got to give yourself time, allow allow it to be a pilgrimage, a spiritual journey, to find that ego type. And do not self-impose or self-judge. Let it find you. That is a great place to stop today, Joe. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Real Enneagram, a podcast by the Institute for Conscious Being. To learn more about the Institute and its offerings, visit theicb.info. That's T-H-E-I-C-B dot I-N-F-O. The music for today's podcast was composed and performed by ICB faculty member Drexel Rayford.